Yeah. Oh. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> this is wrestling. This is wrestling with friends. This is we're a bunch of pals and this is our chance to catch up, discuss the events in the ring that we love and the business behind it and usually celebrate the fun of attending wrestling events as I sometimes get increasingly inebriated. Um, we're your friends. I'm Dave, Sean, and Ethan is here. I'm Dave. I'm coming at you from Long Beach, Long Island, New York. I come from an events and social media marketing background as a co-founder and former VP of Camp No Counselors. And Sean is here, the chief cre- creative officer and producer of Macaulay Culkin's Bunny Ears website and podcast and an editor over at Screen Rant. Sean, yeah. what's cooking, bud? Yeah. Ah. Maybe leave that part out. <laughs> ah. Okay. Not- All things considered. Uh Nothing. I'm fine. I have, there's a fun game that our fans can play where they um, where they see how far into the episode it takes before Dave starts stumbling over words and slurring. This week it was one minute exactly. <laughs> All right, and and our fans can also see when Sean throws a cold bucket of water over the fun, which was uh, what time is that at? What's the timestamp there, bud? One twenty eight. One thirty eight. And um, now I will happily talk to Ethan, Ethan, our legal expert, a lawyer specializing in intellectual property and social media law. Ethan's been traveling the world to the best of his ability in these strange times. Ethan, where are we talking to you this week? This week, you're talking to me from Bozeman, Montana. Bozeman, Montana. Wow. What's going on over there? Uh, Not much. I am staying in another hostel. Uh, the good news is the hostel has my own room, so oh. I can record in it. Oh. The bad news is it's $32 a night and is as ratty as the worst camp bunk that you have ever been in. But here I am. So you're perfectly comfortable. I love it, man. This is great. <laughs> I got a fan. I went to Walmart and bought myself a new pillow because the one here sucked. It's literally like being back at camp minus the costumes, the s'mores, and the campfire. Oh, so so minus everything cool no you got like a bunch of a bunch of random strangers that come from all different places that don't shower often uh in one place drinking hanging out um and living in kind of a bunk that sounds like the perfect coronavirus times activity yeah see how long i survive (laughs) at least you're drinking at least i guess you'd be drinking so that's it's true that's the part of camp we want (laughs) exactly and and sometimes we have other friends join us and this is one of those times as we're joined this week by a special guest you may know him from his scene stealing performance that's right i'm talking scene stealing performance (laughs) in uh judd apatow's train wreck he's on orange is the new black um and aj and the queen on netflix you may know him um as prometheus on motherfucking arrow uh, the upcoming first one in as the star of Night School coming up on NBC. It's Josh Segarra. Josh. Hey. You left hey. out the most important part, bro. They might know us at Barclays. We might be oh. out there screaming, cheering for the good guys and booing the bad guys. You feel me? That's what we're known for in Brooklyn, bro. <laughs> That's, That's right. What we're known for. That's right. Pup, pup. You know, know. Yeah, ringside at NXT. <laughs> well, awkwardly trying to act natural in the background of Wale's uh, Instagram story. Just, uh, just acting as natural as we can. Just also trying to like conserve our energy so that we can give full energy when the best entrance comes out. You know, like we just wanted to time out the night well. That's all we were trying to do. I, th- I think how we did it that night, if I recall, is I like I shone bright the whole night. You know, like a like a comet in the night, and then once it was over, I was done. I don't even. I just I just teleported home at some point. I think that's what it was. We just. I feel like our last words were just too sweet. Get home, you know, and like <laughs> when you arrived to make sure that our wives and our children knew that we arrived safely from our dad night out. You know, like come on, come on, they we that's what we got to do. Hell yeah, hell yeah! Now that was last year, and it's, I think it, it seems like like um, or year before last. I don't know because I don't know what time is anymore. But true, true, true. 
<laughs> man, I can't wait to get back to the Barclays Center though with you. Oh man, a hundred. I cannot wait, man. Can't wait back to get, get to the garden to get to some small, to small, some to small shows, big shows, everything, man. We'll get back soon. We'll get back soon. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Now we now this is a, this is the podcast about wrestling and friendship and how yeah. wrestling brings people together. And that's actually, you know, I think what brought us together, um, because I, if I recall correctly, we were at a Camp No Counselor's ski-themed party. And as it being a ski-themed party, for some reason, Ethan and I and our friend Wilder were all re- wearing um, WWE Championship re- wrestling belts. And <laughs> Naturally. 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 And I think that's where we discovered our mutual love for this crazy, crazy hobby. Yeah. I, I feel like I remember. I remember it like anytime you meet another wrestling fan, the conversation always goes the same because we're, <laughs> we're both now watching it. So, so you see somebody with a t-shirt, or in that case, like you guys had belts on. So it's always like, "What's up, bro? Oh, what's up, bro? Like, hey, man, I watch wrestling. Oh shit, man, I watch wrestling. No, but I like." I still watch, watch wrestling, man. I listen to podcasts about it. I still watch the No, man, me too, man. Like, I still watch, watch too. And then you're like, wait, so did you watch the such and such? You watched SummerSlam? Oh, shit. Yeah, of course I watched SummerSlam, man. Wrestling fans become real friends, man. That's how it goes. <laughs> that's, that's, that's right. It's like <laughs> we give each other the secret dork handshake, uh, and yeah. we're, it's, we're very that's excited. It, man. That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Um, yeah. Um, so, so, you know, as uh, as a wrestling fan, when did you get into it? Like, oh, man, it's been honestly. I think it's it's been a part of my life for my entire life. My, you know how you have those vague memories of like. I don't know when they say the actual memories start, but I feel like I have some from when I was like three-ish, okay? Uh-huh. And what they were, my first memory was Muda spitting green mist into Sting's face. I uh-huh. remember that. And I've gone back and like I, – I've gone back and like tried to – I think it was like a wrestle war, but it was definitely – it was the WCW. My uncle had it on in his house in Puerto Rico, and it was my uncle Jr., my Theo Jr. Shout out to him. He's the one that got me into it as a kid. Yeah. And bro, it's just been a part of my life ever since, man. Like I had WrestleMania 4 and WrestleMania 6 on VHSs. So those were my two. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know why 4. I don't know why 6. Now I know. You know, the tournament is is in my mind legendary. Yeah. You know, like I remember every step of it for Macho Man. I remember every step of it, you know. And and then it's funny now going back and looking at the history of it, like why Hogan was out because he was out shooting movies. I think it was Thunder in Paradise at the time. And you're like, oh, of course, <laughs> man. He was like, all right, I'm going to go step out, go shoot a couple things, go be Hollywood. Who's going to hold down the fort? As we all know, that's how Vince that's how Vince ran his company. He always put the title on the guy that was going to hold it down. They could sell out the crowds, you know, on the, on the, on the house shows. So I remember that. And then, of course, come on, man, WrestleMania 6, you know, Ultimate Warrior Hulk Hogan, title versus title. Ultimate Challenge. That's it, man. That's the ultimate challenge is it. So those two were the the ones I grew up on. And then, man, it went through the Attitude Era coincided with high school, bro. So I was was leaving church on Sunday. I was a church kid growing up, all right? My my, my family was Pentecostal, you know? So we'd get out of church, and me and my boys, we were either NWO, or we were DX. So just imagine like little 10-year-old church kids walking out going like, ah, suck it. You know, just like real quiet though. So nobody knew we were saying it to each other. Like, <laughs> like, oh, who, who are we going to get today? Who? Get? Oh, let's go get, let's go get me. So, oh, and then we'd go chase him around back church. So it was always part of like, my friendships. Wait, you what know? did you do to him? What did you do? What did you do to him when you got him? Did you guys like put him in the Oh, country? bro. I mean, at the time, bro, it was just full of stunners. It was full <laughs> of, you know, like in the pool, it was always the doomsday device. LOD. <laughs> you know, like it was always put him up, put him up, hit him with the clothesline into the pool, you know? And to be honest, bro, I think they're always getting me the most. You feel me? Like, I don't know why it took so many stunners, but I feel like <laughs> I knew early that I could sell. 
which is why I think I became an actor, bro. It was like, yo, let's get him. Get hit with the stunner. You're taking it. Oh, they're jumping you. They're jumping you. Oh, man, it was the best, bro. Those are the best of times. And then and then uh, I got to college. Cena, it's the Cena years coincided, man. I got a little busy in college, right? You're right. We're young. We're young men. We go do other things. So I'd, I'd always watch the pay-per-views, though. And that's how it's evolved as part of my life now. Like, since college till now, I don't miss a pay-per-view. I, I'll, I'll catch Raws and Smackdowns, recording them through the week. And if I hear something cool now on social media, I'll be like, oh, let me go watch that promo. <laughs> I'll watch it. I'll see the match. Ah, oh, cool. Fast forward, get to the next beat. Oh, okay, cool. You know, and then and then we'll let it run in the background sometimes, you know. But... So, you know, I, I, I'll keep an eye on everything. Man. I watch a little AEW. I watch a little NXT. You know, I watch a lot of AEW. I try to put that on the background, see what those boys are doing. You know, I've caught every pay-per-view, man. I'm really digging what those guys are doing, of course, man. Just kind of taking on the beast, you know, taking on the monster. How can you not admire that, you know, and uh, and, and putting up a fight, as we, as we, as we all know, you know. Uh, so putting up a really good fight. And then, yeah, man, just don't miss a pay-per-view and, and go from there, bro. And, uh Last thing that grabbed my attention on the weeklies was uh, Underground. I don't know how, if you guys have already rapped about Underground, but I can't wait to talk about Raw Underground. Woo! <laughs> First time yeah, I bro. paused the TV and I was like, let's go, Shane O'Mac. Let's go, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, we we definitely could hop, uh, tear into some, uh, you know, chew into that because that's been fucking rad. That's been really awesome. Um yeah. Um, it's funny because, you know, we're all Florida guys. We all grew up in Florida. You grew up in yep. Central Florida. And yep. the, the three of us all grew up in South Florida. So uh, when you yep. say about doing wrestling moves into the pool, that's like that, you know. Yes. That's, that's prime. Growing <laughs> up in Florida life, shit, man. right? Wait, how many times? How many times would you guys come up to uh... – Dang, was it Universal or was it Disney that used to do the outdoor nitros? Did you guys ever come up for those to Orlando? I wish. I wish. We never did. Oh, dude, that's some of my that, – boys, you, man, that's some of my best memories, man, because being in Orlando, even TNA, bro, we would finish a day of whatever and my uncle would text me and be like, hey, you want to go to TNA? Be like, yes, I do. Let's go. Hop in the See, car. I think we were too young at the time mm-hmm. to be able to get our car. had to be somebody driving you guys up there, of course, yeah. of course. So that was always it, man. Go and we'd stand in line at Universal or, or Disney and and, uh, and and go watch, man. And one of and I I was there the night that Scott Hall and Kevin Nash made their first outdoor appearance. Oh, and, oh, wow, so really. I, so that was one of those nights that I remember just going like, man, you know, it was like blended those lines still for us in our brains, you know, where it was like, yeah. oh, yeah. this thing just got real, you know. So that's my that's my little claim to like, oh, I was there for history, man. I was there for history. <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't the time that they jumped in the pool and were wearing Hawaiian shirts, was it? Oh no, I, just, I don't. Think I, so? I don't no, think, it was it was it was early on, man. I don't even think people knew what they were doing yet. It was one of those things, right, you know. I right. I gotta go back and get my facts right, but it was one of those nights. If not the first, it was they came out. All of a sudden, like, wait, what are those two guys doing down there? What? What? You know, it was awesome. It was Hell awesome. yeah! Hell yeah! That's awesome. That is awesome. Um, now, now you're saying. You know, you were taking the stunner. You were taking the stunner uh, from the pool with your friends, and it seems like pretty early you noticed the performance aspect of it. Is that something as an actor that you did pick up on early, or was it something that, like, when did you see the fact that you know these guys aren't really fighting? You know, man, I guess it maybe was around then, but like. If you would have asked me if like Stone Cold was acting, hell no. You know what I'm saying? Like I would have been like, nah, bro. Like he's the best, you know? Like if you would have told like so 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 you know, man, it was always it definitely was something that I I didn't know I could be an actor at that age, you know, growing up, I, it was never in our family. It was something that I, that once I got to high school, there was a teacher that was a big influence on me and taught us what actors were and, and, 
and my dad being from the Bronx, my dad's a near uh, a New Rican, a Puerto Rican born in the Bronx. He uh, he always made me feel like New York was like around the bend. And he brought me up here in high school and came up here. So I was like, oh, OK, New York is where actors live. So that's really how that whole thing happened. Because I, as a kid, bro, I was just imitating them to be them, you know, like. Yeah. And so I guess it was just understood that it was you take care of each other. Because me and my friends love to do it. And like, right. if anybody ever got hurt, we'd be mad. You feel me? Like, we'd get yeah. upset. We're like, yo, man, you went too far. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't hit that hard. It's like, it's like, and of course, now, now I know the flair story where he would punch that string, you know? And so now <laughs> it's like, we always talked about that. No, we got to be precise, you know? So it was definitely sharpening those tools that uh, now I use. For my real job, my big boy job, it's pretty funny when you think about it. You know, that's what I was like. They talk about that's that's what I was rehearsing the most was as a, as a young gun, <laughs> imitating the guys that we still uh, emulate today. Um, now, for those who not who who might not be as we- into like the training aspect of wrestling, can you I, go a little into that? Explain that you know the working how how uh, wrestlers would train and take working punches by not move with uh, not moving a string, right? Was that it? They'd be hanging. Yeah, yeah, it was that flair story that I guess he gave us in that thirty for thirty that he talked about how he would he hung a string in his door frame and he would punch until the string wouldn't move so in essence what that means is he was bringing his hand as close to that string with a real motion behind it with real energy behind it and it makes contact with that string but it doesn't move it so what that means is you know like i vince is known for liking a a, um a stiff punch you know like like a really good working punch so it's like it's like, of course, of course he is, because that's the most realistic. That's the most realistic we can look, but still take care of our partner, you know, and like still, still deliver the best product. We can look like we put each other through hell, but if at the end of the day, we can just send in some ice tubs and, and like talk through it and, 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 and do it again tomorrow for another house, another sold out house. That's the best in the business right there, you know, so that's taking care of each other. You know, we all know the stories about the guys that go in there reckless and don't take care of their partner. They don't last very long, bro. That's true. Yep. Um, in terms of working punches, I love Jerry Lawler's working punch because it's so cartoonish and so ridiculous, and it looks like it's it, it looks like Popeye, but you know they say it lands light as a feather. Um, like I just love it. And um, does anybody have any other uh, any favorite working punches they've noticed, Ethan or Sean? E. No, no working punches on my end. I think I was always more drawn to how <clears throat> certain guys would react to those working punches. Yeah. The, what separates the Shawn Michaels from the Bo Dallas's of the world is the ability to make that working punch that doesn't move a string either A, look believable, or B, looks look so cartoony that it's that, that it brings in the entertainment as well. So I always loved – those who those guys who can work Sorry. like when Shawn Michaels had the match with uh, Razor Ramon, the ladder match for the Intercontinental Title, and people still to this day say it was Shawn Michaels versus a ladder because those guys carry those matches. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and also Ethan, you were always a big Vader guy, and he was not throwing work working punches. Him and uh, <laughs> him and Cactus Jack were just fucking beating the shit out of each other, <laughs> hammering each other, dude. <laughs> Those Halloween Havoc days, which are which are almost back in the day that Josh was talking about, because the Sting Muda rivalry was like eighty nine to ninety two, some of the best years of, of my era of watching wrestling. Because I used to go back and watch them on VHS with Charles Jackson. Yep. Uh, but yeah, the <laughs> Vader Cactus Jack. They used to have the Wheel of Death match, where right before the match, it'd spin the wheel, and that would be the stipulation. And it was always like barbed wire bats no holes bar steel cage match whatever and those guys just went to town on each other 
Oh man, dude, those were the days. I mean, when they brought back the uh, the what the World War Three was it, where they tried the three rings for that first time, and then now we do the two rings. I'm a I'm a sucker for those matches, man. Oh, just because it takes me back to that time, just old school cages, you know. Like they'll make me flip out the next time they bring back out the blue cage. They just have to do it one random night. Oh man, we all <laughs> lose it. We lose our minds if they brought back the blue cage for one night. It's like, why don't they use the blue cage? <laughs> yeah, really. What is, well, the they changed it. I think they made the change when they went to steel cage. When they went to um, yeah. Hell in the Cell. Mm-hmm. I mean, production wise, I think it's better because you're not like having the the cage block the camera like they used to. But like, yep. but still, still, but I there like was, that blue cage. There was there was like a, a more visceral cr- quality to the the way the blue cage looked versus the the fence, the chain link fence of the cell. True. I agree. I agree. <laughs> so, uh, Sagara, as a kid, who, who is your favorite? Who's your guy? As a kid, I was an ultimate warrior kid full on, you know, like yeah. I, was all about, I was all about the shoestrings on the biceps, <laughs> oh, yeah. face paint, you know, and then of course, you know, you get older and we get to know these guys and, you know, uh, <laughs> And then, uh, then uh, as, as attitude era, you know, I mean, I've, I love, I love, I love the legends, of course, Stone Cold, Rocky. But man, I was a Kurt Angle guy in the Attitude era. I oh, love yeah. Kurt Angle. His precision in the ring was something that I loved. But man, he was like one of my favorite things that I enjoy on screen is when you can tell that they're enjoying themselves. And I feel like that's across the board, right? Like we love watching dudes play sports, girls play sports that are enjoying themselves. We love watching, we love watching, you know, wrestlers out there that you look like they're having fun. We love watching actors that are having fun on screen. So, you know, I just remember thinking that Kurt Angle was in there, this Olympic gold medalist coming in and playing with these boys. He's killing in the ring. He's having these legendary matches with Brock Lesnar, and he's also making me laugh my behind off. You know, like <laughs> yeah. promos, the milk truck. You know, like oh man, I was a big Kurt Angle guy. So yeah, man. Hell yeah, Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle was great. Yeah, he always looked like you guys. I know you guys have talked about it before. I want to know who are you guys as uh, young guy? Like, well, who'd you guys grow up watching? Yeah, Yo, I mean, we we grew up. I mean, we're we're roughly in the same era. So like, I was a huge, I was a huge Ultimate Warrior fan. I loved Macho Man, big Macho Man Mark. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, we've talked on this show about my my weird love for Big Boss Man and Undertaker. Oh, <laughs> love about it, man. Love Taker, but love Big Boss Man, dude. Loved him. Yo, that Big Boss Man nails match was one of my like highlights of wrestling of all time. There was just something mm. about the way they they built that story up of like, oh yeah, it makes sense. Of course, Big Boss Man has a convict arch nemesis <laughs> that he's gonna fight. <laughs> exactly, of course. Of course. <laughs> and Ethan, who's your favorite growing up? Oh, it was always Sting. Surfer oh. Sting was my hero. He, Lex Luger might be called the total package, but Sting was the total package of professional wrestling. Oh. He had athleticism. He oh. had strength. He had charisma. He had mic skills. He had the, the ladies screaming the entire match. He had the men behind him. He, at such a young age of a wrestler, had some of the most epic feuds with Ric Flair, Muda, Vader, the whole nine. And then when Sting transformed into the Crow Sting, it took on a totally different era for me. So through and through, Sting's been my guy since day one. Dude, I couldn't agree with you more, bro. Like, even both NWO Stings, you know, white and black and red and black, man. Everything he did, that guy was legendary. And goes back to who, whoever looked like they were having more fun than Sting. Nobody. Mm-hmm. You Nobody. Know, like, that dude looked like he was having the time of his life. And even then, when everybody went to WWE, WWF, man, Sting was like, nah, man, we're good. <laughs> nah, I'm going to over here in this house. Go relax. He probably was fishing. He was working out, chilling. Because he knew WWE would be at his door once a year going, hey, you ready to come do that legendary thing you do over here with us? And when he was ready, he came over. You know, like, that guy's a – I couldn't agree with you more, man. He's the best. He's the best. Totally. 
Love it. And now, you know who Sting came up with? Oh yeah, uh, in the Indies was the Ultimate Warrior, the Blade Runners. Oh, yeah, that's right. The Blade oh, yeah. Runners. They are uh, two friends with a love of, of face paint and anabolic steroids and cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so Gary, we were talking, you were mentioning about AEW and how you've been following AEW and all the pay-per-views, which are, I agree. I mean, they're the, you know, the most exciting wrestling that's been going on, um, you know, for the last year or so, um, all, all outs coming up, uh, this weekend or Labor Day weekend. And, you know, you had a part in the historic event all in that this all spun out of, right? Yes, sir, man. Yes, sir, dude. That was a night I'll, I'll never forget, man. I so my boy Stephen, the Green Arrow man. Uh, he turns to me one day, and he goes, "Hey, man. Uh, next year, it was like a year out. He was like, yo, man. So Cody, the Bucks, Kenny." He's like, yo, they're, next year they're going to do this show and they're going to sell out uh, 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 an arena in Chicago. And so just put that date in the books. And I was like, all right, man, sounds good, bro. You know, just sitting there talking. I was like, all right, man, sounds good. Mad casual like. And then, of course, we start hearing, you know, we start hearing the, the, the rumors, the, the pitter patter happening. And I, and but you know I, <laughs> I don't want to bother him with it you know but I was in my head I was thinking I was like yo man you so tell me more about this you know what I'm saying <laughs> and uh, but no I didn't say nothing I kept my cool and of course man oh boy he comes to me one day and he's like hey man uh, what was it bro it was like September first September second was the day something like that yeah it was Labor Day weekend yeah it was Labor Day weekend exactly and he's like and it was like a few weeks out he's like hey man Chicago. He's like, I need you to be there. You're going to come out with me to the ring. All in. Uh-huh. I, was like, I was like, yeah, bro. I'll be there. And that was it. And he's like, all right, cool. All right, cool. We were busy. We were like in the middle of work. I was like, all right, cool. All right, cool. And, off we went. <laughs> and, uh, and then we were together that weekend. And, man, and we just got to rap a little bit. and But nothing, man. Honestly, he was preparing. He was going back and forth uh, working out in a ring uh, that he that Cody had set up for him. And uh, about an hour away from set, he was getting training in that dude, dude. He was working 14-hour days and Holy on the weekend going over there and training. Like that guy that guy put his whole being into that. I, I got so much respect for Steve, man. So, bro, we go, we go, to, we go to Chicago and um, they couldn't have been nicer to us, man. To me, what am I talking about? Steve's performing. To me, man, like when I say that, like Cody's just a, a class act, man. He's just a good dude. From the jump, when he was coming to work, when he was shooting on Arrow, he was always prepared. He was there early. He had his he 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 wanted to do his best, and that shines through obviously in the thing that he has mastered, which is is professional wrestling. Man, he's he's uh so man, we're yeah. I'm, I'm stage, okay? And uh, Chris Daniels, shout out to Chris Daniels. I see you. Uh, yeah, man, dude. Shout out to those boys, but dude, Christopher Daniels, man. Could not be more of a living legend in my eyes, especially after that night, bro. Like, yeah. I got to perform a few times in TNA live, and and I just felt honored enough to tell him that. I was like, yo, I, I saw you in Orlando sometimes and when I was a kid. And, and he was like, oh, my gosh, man, that's so kind. But he just took us in, and uh, I sat back and watched him and Steve get to work a little bit, and, and they just rocked it out, bro. But I'll tell you a funny story, man. So, so – so Cody walks us out and he shows us, he's like, he's like, this is the spot, man. Of course, bro. You guys remember it. It, it looked gorgeous, you know, and the, everything they've done. I love their, I love their color scheme. You know what I'm saying? I love yeah. their design. So, so, so I'm backstage. Anyways, we're pumped. We're ready to rock. We're going. Steve's getting ready to go. And, and, and then uh, we're in gorilla and then boom, music hits. It's time to go. We walk out to the to the to the arena and the lights hit and the crowd goes crazy because I've never felt that type of wrestling entrance thing before and it goes crazy and then it hits me I have no idea where I'm walking I haven't 
I haven't looked at the ring up close. Like I didn't, I was so mesmerized by just seeing it all happen that I didn't like watch where I was going to go. So all of a sudden I'm walking blind down this aisle. And when I say that the wrestling angels guided me to that ring, there were steps there that I didn't even know existed, bro. I didn't know that I walked down steps. All of a sudden I'm at the ring. And I'm yelling over at the boys. They're yelling over at us. I had some water with me to give Steve a little water, get his towel, and off we went. And when I we went out there, we screamed. I got off the ring. I remember walking up the steps going, didn't know those were there. Thank God I didn't trip over them. Got backstage. First face we see is Colt Cabana. He gives us a big old smile. <laughs> and the fellas and I walk off, man. And uh, <laughs> it was it was really, really cool, man. And I just stood back there. I probably was the the like eleventh person left in the arena because, you know, man, Steve's family was there, so they went and did their thing and and he's always kind of to be like, we're going to go. Nah, man, I relax, bro. Go enjoy yourself. Enjoy tonight. I'll meet you a little later. But, man, I just sat backstage and watched all the fellas, all the ladies, the whole crew just clean up and go. And just watched all these people that I admired. You know, some cats I didn't know. Some I knew. There were so many legends walking the hallway. There were guys yeah. that were having their biggest show of their um, lives happening that night. Man, I got to see some of I got to see some of the best luchadors, some of the best wrestlers, oh, yeah. you know, some of the best cruiserweights. I saw them backstage talking a little bit, talking through their oh man, like it was just one of those nights where to see the work in action, man, uh, a night I'll never forget, man. A night I'll never forget. It was really cool, man. Wow, really cool. Sounds wild. That's so fucking cool. That's fucking cool. Yeah, thanks for asking yeah. about that, man. That was a really fun <laughs> night. I I, I was, Spare me that I'm giving you guys all the details, no, but who else can I share them with? You know what I'm saying? Oh, oh that's yeah. the point of the show. Only we know about, you know? Dude, I because I was I was following being the elite big time then. So I was watching the whole build with Stephen Amell and Christopher Daniels, which was fucking great. Like the way that the whole way that they did it was really good. So then you and I, I, I think, you know, just in the course of you and I chatting about wrestling, seeing what's going on, I was like, Yeah, are you uh are you gonna watch all in? And you're like, let me tell you something. <laughs> I'm walking and I'm gonna walk Stephen Amell to the ring. I'm like, oh shit, oh shit. We were geeking out, man. We were and, geeking out. And when I finally got to watch it, because I couldn't Ethan and I were actually at Florida camp uh that weekend, Labor Day weekend. It was a busy yeah. used to be busy busy work weekend for me. Uh, but I was just avoiding spoilers, avoiding all the spoilers. There's a big AEW. Mark wasn't even AEW yet, but Mark, the guy was there. And he was trying to tell me everything all weekend. I was like, no, 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 no. Then I got home. I'm watching it. I'm, in, I'm loving it. I'm enjoying it. And then this match I'm looking forward to is coming out. And my boy is coming out. <laughs> and I was bugging out. I was marking out big time. I'm not. I'm not embarrassed to say it was awesome. <laughs> it was a great match. It was a really good match. I mean, Christopher Daniels. I mean, like as you said, he's a vet amongst vets, and it sounds like uh, your boy Arrow really uh, practiced hard, right? Bro, let me. I mean, dude, like he was working his ass off, and then let me just tell you about this cat. We're backstage. And uh, we're just he's, – he's just kind of – he's warming up, man. He's hes warming up, getting the body, getting the body ready. And I can't remember if this was the first time or maybe the first time I believed it. He looked at me and he goes, yo, I'm going to hit the coast to coast. And I was like <laughs> – I was like, ha, 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 ha. And he looked at me. He's like, nah, man, I'm going to hit the coast to coast. And I was like, okay. And, bro, he took that coast to coast and he fucking busted up his left side hard on that coast to coast. But he hit – that coast to coast and jumped that whole ring and man that dude's just a monster bro that guy's the that guy's that guy's the terminator bro that guy is like i worked out with him a few times man that's y'all ethan you and him y'all can go get busy bro you guys can put, <laughs> you can put 800 pounds on the rack together and squatted 400 times bro i know how y'all beasts do i know how y'all <laughs> 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 oh, man. 
You hear that, Amel? Ethan's coming for you. Yeah, really. <laughs> Your days are numbered, man. He has on. He's not skipping leg day, but Ethan is not going coast to coast. There's no way he's going across the ring like that. Yeah, these knees at 39 aren't holding up like they used to. <laughs> Um, so we talked about, we talked about going to that takeover in BK, uh, which was great. And I, you know, I, um, we saw a hell of a match that night. It was Gargano and Adam Cole, uh, for the NXT ch- championship. Now, uh, have you been f- following much NXT since? Absolutely, man. I just watched this last takeover. Same way. I'll always watch their their takeovers. And then if I hear something dope happen throughout the week, I'll go on and watch it, you know? Right. So I've been, I've been, I, when I heard Pat, Pat McAfee's name come up yep. a few times on the Instagram, I was like, wait, 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 what's going on with Pat McAfee? What's going on with this boy? So I did the deep dive and watched all the promos and dude, he killed it, man. Like it, there's just something, whenever they do uh, a, a celebrity crossover, whenever they do something like that, all I want to see is whoever it is that's guest starring, enjoy themselves. And the cats that enjoy themselves the most are the people that usually grew up watching it or are fans of the product because then they know that they got to go full in. If you go half in, then you're not in the same world that we enjoy every week. If you want to get technical, we can call it like you got to be full kayfabe for us, man. You know, like don't come in here half assing it. Come in here. (laughs) Come in here. Show respect to the crew because this is their livelihood. So those are the ones I enjoy. Man, Pat McAfee, that dude killed it. That guy, that guy should, that guy should toss in two more, two more matches into his contract. <laughs> Sell him on his radio show. Man, he can kill it. Take on two other superstars. That'll be fun. I mean, he's he's the guy. He's when he started doing like some pre-game show stuff for WWE, like on his on his come up. And like the first time you hear him talk, you're just like, oh, who's this guy? This guy's got it. Like he's not a typical. You know, he's, he's not the talk, typical talking head. Like, it's very generic. He's really got, like, personality and a point of view. Um, so then, you know, when I saw that little that little uh, work that they were pulling with him and Adam Cole, I was like, you know, I think this has the potential to be great. Dude was throwing out – he was doing some Jeff Hardy shit. He's yeah. like a swanton bomb. Like, yeah. it, was, it, was, it, was, it was absolutely – I mean, that guy – that guy could have made it as a wrestler easily if that's what he could have – if he, he, that's what he wanted to do. You know, 100%, man, 100, 100%. a lot of respect to that guy, man. A lot of respect, but no, man. I mean, I'm love. I-, I love Keith Lee, so I'm excited to see what he's going to do on the main yeah. roster. They're giving him a good. They're putting him next to. They're putting him next to Randy Orton, man. He's the. He's the. Uh, he's the gold standard, isn't he? You know, like yeah. he represents the business. So putting up against Randy, put him up there talking with next to the champ and Randy. That's big stuff, you know, and uh, and. Uh, you know, man, uh, who else? Karrion Cross has been fun to watch. I like him. I'm excited yeah. to see what they're going to do with him after his injury. Yeah. Bummer, bummer, bummer on the injury timing. But bummer, yeah. man. Bummer, bummer, bummer. Um, yeah, yeah. And um, what about um, the big news, I think, right now in WWE is that Roman has gone heel, apparently, you know, um, aligning with Paul Heyman, reclaiming the Universal Championship that he never lost. But uh, – <laughs> People have people wanted it for a long time. Roman Reigns to go heel, and it seems like he's back. He's huge. He got some veneers in, and uh, he's gone heel. <laughs> um, and I like it. I mean, I think I, when he came back at SummerSlam, Sean and I were watching the, uh, on Zoom, and we we bugged out. We bugged out. Yeah. It was exciting, right? Um, I mean, it's it's a much better angle for him, and it it. It does genuinely make me more excited than any anything else they could have done with him. You know, I I think just let him let him just be a heel. He like he's primed for it. The audience is primed for it. Like let him just go full heel is a very exciting. I, I hope that's that's where they continue to take this. Yeah. yeah, this is exactly the formula that WWE experienced with The Rock. They brought him up as Rocky Maivia, son of High Chief Peter Maivia, as this happy-go-lucky fan favorite and tried to force him down people's throats, and the crowd rejected him. And the same with Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns started as a badass. They pushed him as an unbeatable face. The kids loved him, but the fans pushed back. 
and they turned the rock heel and his career took off and now they're turning Roman heel and I can't wait to see what they're going to do with it. It seems like, yeah, it, it seems like they took a, a long time to much longer time. I'm sorry to turn Roman heel than they did with the rock. Right. Yes. Mu- yes. Much longer. And I think the reason was, is we still have not seen, and we probably will never see Cena do a heel turn. And I think that just like there was this symbolic rock passing the torch to Cena, they wanted Cena in a sense, or I think they wanted, they wanted Roman to be the new Cena, the face of the company for a long time. And yeah. I think they just never wanted that to go. And uh, circumstances changed it. And I think that this is going to be good for Roman Reigns. He's got to go chart his own path. And what, from what I have been reading, he has been pushing for a heel turn. And he pushed for the heel turn to happen when he came back. And so I think that just like what Segura is talking about, when you've got a wrestler that's excited, people know about it. But at the same time, when you have wrestlers saying, hey, from a creative standpoint, I want to come do this. And the WWE backs some of their big wrestlers. That's when the magic happens. That's when you get Bray Wyatt creating these crazy characters. That's when you get yeah. the New Day going from like a group of missionaries to probably the the greatest three-man tag team of all time. Sorry, fabulous Freebirds. And hopefully we're going to get something great with Roman as well. Yeah, you said it very yeah, but well. Do you think that Roman has the – I mean part of the reason Rock blew up is because even though he was a heel – it gave him a chance to just let his charisma shine through. And eventually that heel turn went back the other way into people just loving him so much that he couldn't be a heel anymore. And then he was, you know, he was one of those rare times where it was like, he went so heel, he became a face again. But I don't know if Roman's got the same level of charisma that Rock had. Nobody has the same level of charisma that Rock has. (laughs) That's my point. And I, I agree with you. However, I think that at the end of the day, look, all of us in life are different, okay? We all have different strengths, and we have to play to our given strengths. I think what made Roman Reigns so good from the get-go is when he was the enforcer of the shield. He didn't talk much. He was just a badass that beat people up that had a great look and just didn't give an F. And I think that he may thrive in being that character, but now on his own, just what is it? Beat people up and leave. And I think that wreck he's going to ultimately wreck everyone and leave. I th- you're right. Yeah. He's not going to be the rock, but you know what? I don't want him to be the rock. I want him to be some badass Roman reigns that hopefully becomes so good as almost like a snarky. I don't give a crap. Cause I'm just going to let my, my fist do the talking turn into a great heel. And, and perhaps that pivots to, some different type of face role maybe in the future. And he won't be a rock, but I do think that he's got something special. Uh, and, and we probably haven't seen it yet. Maybe we've only seen a taste. And I think that's at least the hope that we have with this new exciting heel turn. I, 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 you know, an element of this whole thing that I've loved has been the Paul Heyman wrinkle because there's a part of it that reminds me a little bit of like Andre and Bobby Heenan, where mm. where now hear me out. Help yeah. me get back to center on this, okay? Because I feel like with Roman, the way we all saw it, the way we there was so much chatter about him at that point that now he, he goes off TV to go keep doing this to, to keep fighting like he does, right? And he comes back onto TV, and what they do is they turn him heel, but who's the biggest heel in the business? It's Paul Heyman. So they put him with the other bad guy, and it allows them more avenues in which to tell stories with Roman now. Bring us to SummerSlam. That could have never happened if Roman was just a bad guy by himself because Roman as a character, he's the big dog that always gets in the fight. So he had to come out when the bell rung, even if he was healed. But with Paul Heyman on his side, now they can tell that story of like, no, no, Paul Heyman knows the best thing to do is let's sit back and watch. Let's sit back and watch, Roman. <laughs> and us as the viewers go, oh, shit, he's got a genius by his side. It's on now. You know, which is why I think it's about to be on. It's about to be on. They're going to they're going to have they're going to let Paul really maneuver it. Oh, and it's going to be good. 
going to be good. I, I think, <laughs> I think, I think they're going to, the audience, as soon as the audience is back, they're going to get behind him. I think he's going to get over in this new heel character by just being a badass because it's already uh, reinvigorated so much. I think it's going to get over. I think it's, I don't think it's going to be like, you know, he's going to be the rock per se, but I think it's going to be like one of those things where turning him heel definitely uh, finally gets him over to the effect that the extent that they wanted him to go. Um, Mm -hmm. Speaking of Paul Heyman guys, uh, Brock Lesnar is no longer under contract with the WWE. Um, They've had some, they've had some times like this before where they can't agree on an extension and then some time passes and then he comes back. But this one looks like, I mean, it's a, a lot of time has lapsed and doesn't seem like maybe he's coming back right away. Um, obviously everyone on the internet, because now there's competition, uh, they're speculating, imagining, could he come to AEW? I find that very unlikely. Uh, but I want to get your guys' thoughts on that. Any chance he's going to, uh, AEW or does he have another, uh, UFC fight in him? I'm going to, to quote Vince McMahon, I'm going to say no chance, no chance in hell. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, look. At the end of the day, Brock Lesnar knows where his bread is buttered, and that is Vince McMahon. I think that Brock Lesnar had had very little intentions of ever going back to the UFC. It was just a, a pawn to use as a negotiating tactic. Right now, Vince McMahon doesn't want to spend Brock Lesnar money because he can't put butts in the seats. And so this is a I don't I don't see him going back to the UFC. I don't see him going back to AEW. However, when arenas start being packed again, when Vince McMahon wants to have his big money draw come back in, I think at that time, you're going to see a lot of rumors of him talking to AEW, talking to whoever, because at the end of the day, he wants to get paid. Uh, And when Vince McMahon goes back to Saudi Arabia, Brock Lesnar will be there. Boom. Boom. Love it. Love Uh, it. I, I've got no, 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 no. Ethan, I hear you, bro. No. <laughs> I know, I know. Two dudes are about to fight. I know Francis Ngannou and Stipe Miocic are about to fight. So that means one dude is sitting at home who just relinquished his title, and he's moving up a division. His name is John Jones. John Jones, dream is trying to get a hundred million dollars to fight. John Jones knows that he needs a tune-up fight before he goes and wins this strap off of Stipe or off of Francis. Who better than Mr. Lesnar to go in there because Brock is sitting at home right now talking to Dana. And Brock is going to take that fight and he's going to train for a month, two months, and he's going to be a monster because that dude is a beast. A beast. And we're going to see John Jones, Brock Lesnar. They're each going to get like 90 to a million each. And they're going to not sell out anywhere because they don't need to. And it's on, bro. It's on. <laughs> That's right. We're talking real fighting, too, this week. That's right. <laughs> real fighting with friends. Huh. <laughs> yeah, it's beating up your friends. Beating up your friends. <laughs> now, now, how – how badly? How badly would you want to see Brock Lesnar on on uh, uh, Raw Underground, though? Oh my gosh, man! I mean, that's the thing, dude. Like, I, I, I'm love. Like, if it that would be incredible. Could you imagine if? Okay, right. Uh, let's, let's, uh, let's do this. What if they? Because I love the Hurt business. Because oh, I'm, I'm a big something Benjamin guy. All right, yeah. Shout- you know, I'm a Kurt guy. You know what I'm saying? So he's right. a guy. So I love MVP. Bobby, I love that they're, I love their use of him in the Hurt business. I hope they add somebody else. I hope they add a couple people, maybe. Or I love what they're doing now. Like, I'm just kind of see what they're going to do with them. So the fact that they basically gave them Raw Underground is pretty cool. I hope it turns into something, you know, like whether it be – their training ground like that first week when that big dude came out baba i can't i can't think of yes it. dude that guy i immediately googled him i was like this is what i'm talking about <laughs> I mean, you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of um no holds barred the bars that they would fight in you know yes. you that Oh, it reminds yeah. you of that. It reminds you of like the tournament before the tough man tournament <laughs> that they would do that's what it gives you those vibes i'm into it yeah, no, I uh it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And I I 
like to see when they get let like Dolph Ziggler be a shoot guy yeah. and they let yeah. these guys show you why they're real badasses. Um, so I think it's it's really cool. And I'm yeah, I'm really enjoying it and want to see. Yeah, it you can tell, you can tell, you can tell that Shano, or, or I think it's Shano probably that it's his, it's his project. You know, uh, you can tell that they also are giving each other a little, you know, a little, a little extra on the suplex. They're letting, you know, Bobby is picking cats up and just like throwing them places. You know, it's like, all right, this is cool, man, because after a while, you know that they're, we're looking at the same scenery, you know, and, and yeah. that's why it was a nice move to the Thunderdome. That was fun. You know, I dig it. I love the screens in the back because that's it, man. You know, like they just, they, 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 they're trying to keep it not monotonous for us, you know, for a while there in the performance center, it all started to look the same. And that's yeah. what I like about NXT. I like that it's their look in the performance center. Yeah. So now with the, with the, with the, with the main brands up uh, in the Thunderdome, that's fun. I love, like I told you, I love AEW because I love the outdoor feel. It's nostalgic to me. You know, I love outdoor wrestling, you know, it's uh, I'm always about that. You can't just have good product. You got to make it look good too. And that's what all of them are doing. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, it's got that old school, uh, you know, I love, uh, AEW's got that old school uh, WCW feel to it, those outdoor yeah. arenas. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's, you know, it's funny, man. I turned on the network the other day and, and I, I remember during the Attitude Era going, oh man, like, and I would see the old uh, red, white, and blue ropes. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, I miss yeah. those ropes. And then what's funny is that now when I'm watching wrestling, I watch the attitude era and the all black ropes with the black like uh, curtain. I'm like, oh man, I miss the all black. <laughs> it's like there's something about it, you know. You're like, oh man, you don't know what you have till you lose it. <laughs> I I still wish there was like that little neon tunnel that they came out with in like 1991. Oh, <laughs> I miss Epic, man. Epic. I miss that thing. Now, um, speaking of old school shit, actually, is that now usually on their show, they give me like a couple seconds to talk about my niche within a niche, which is that not only am I a wrestling fan, but I'm also a vintage wrestling t-shirt collector. So yeah, you are. <laughs> so usually they give me a minute where I just talk about on a podcast and describe the shirt I'm wearing, and then I'll throw it up on our Instagram um, so you can see my male modeling. But um, <laughs> I know, you know, that you're a bit of a collector yourself as, you know, when we showed up for NXT TakeOver, you were rocking some some heat. You had that Savio Vega. Yes, uh, sir. Yes, sir. And I know you're a bit of a collector too. So um, what – tell us a little bit about your uh, vintage wrestling t-shirt. When did you get back into that? Did you, have you been holding on to them your whole life? Have you been recollecting any of them? What, what, no, what? man. That's, that's what I, that's my most like, I, I, I think about all the shirts I had that I wish I would have kept <laughs> when I was a kid because now I, I think I've spent the most money looking for the shirts I had as a kid just now for adult me. Right. But no, man, I, 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 I just, I've got a drawer full of them. I've got a cool little set, you know, I've got a couple that, that, uh, when, uh, when somebody will mention that what's ever on my chest, my one, I've got a summer, uh, oh my gosh, I've got a bash at the beach, the bash at the beach that Hogan turned heel. So it's this teal one. Beach 96, is it? Thank you, bro. That's what it is. Bash of the Beach 96. And uh, and it's got a little shark fin on the left pocket. And on the back, it says Bash of the Beach 96. So when I'm out, it has a little WCW on the chest. Once again, what I said before, every wrestling fan conversation starts the same. And with that one, Sometimes it's just like a Stone Cold on the front or Rocky or the Warrior, and they'll be like, yo, nice shirt. I'll be like, thank you, man. Hell yeah, let's go. Give them a little Wolfpack too sweet, you know, and all <laughs> But with that one, people will be like, hey, man, cool WCW shirt. And I'm like, yo, you know what this was? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just that one that I mostly have to tell, like the nerd aspect of it, that it's with it. It's like, yo, 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 you know what this actually is? Like, I know maybe you were just complimenting the color on it, but let me tell you what it actually is. <laughs> I mean, that shirt, that shirt's a holy grail in terms of vintage wrestling t-shirts. That's a fucking grail piece right I've there. Couple, I've got a couple Razor Ramon shirts. Razor was my guy, bro. You yeah. know, like he was one of my faves. 
You know, I've got a couple Razor Ramones that I hold near and dear. I've got a couple Ultimate Warriors. I've got a, you know, I just, ooh, Dave. Ooh, Dave. <laughs> I, got one, I got one that I know you're going to like, bro. What's that? What's that? And it hasn't arrived yet. It's about to arrive. And that's what I'm, I'm going to send you a pic of me in it. Because oh. I'm just going to hit you with it randomly, like at like 5.30 when you're cooking dinner for the boys. I'm going to send it to you guys. And it's my newest one. It's not even here yet. That's how fresh it is. Okay, one of the follows. Shout out to WWF plug, my boy on Instagram. Shout out to my boy Ted. Ted wrestling for sale. He <laughs> Ted at wrestling for sale is really who got me into like the vintage T look because he was posting stuff and like you know the guys over at GP Peter Rosenberg and Greg yeah. High. They were always talking wrestling T shirts and they mentioned Ted on wrestling for sale. Long story short. You end up talking to these these other wrestling fans, and now the, those are my guys, Ted. We've watched some wrestling together. So, man, <laughs> funny story. I texted Ted the other day, this the Dexter Loomis shirt oh, and yeah. the Rey Mysterio shirt that they just came out with. <laughs> Every time they come out with a cool shirt, I'm like, yo, Ted, is this going to be worth something one day? <laughs> just like, I just love Ted. He's like – for you, buddy, anything. <laughs> I'm like, thank you, bro. Just like, of course, like, maybe not. But in my head, to me, they're worth something. You know, like, to me, they're going to be part of my holy grail. So, yeah, oh, yeah. man. Yeah, I, I just grabbed a, a Steiner Brothers old school Michigan oh. shirt. Legion of Doom. Those are my tees, bro. I took more than a minute, but I had to tell you guys my whole collection, man. Dude. Oh, no, that's that's awesome. Dave, I think he's putting your collection to shame. Oh no, he's got some fire. He's got some fire. I, know. I can't afford the wrestling for sales prices. That guy, I look for the bargains. I get the, I go look for the bargains. I was lucky enough to catch the bug back in 2015 before the market really exploded. So like back at um, for all to envy. Uh, uh, no, I, I'm sorry. Back at um, and still La Brea in in LA. Um, I was able to find a Razor Ramon shirt for 70 bucks, which seemed like a lot at the time. Ooh, seemed yeah. like a lot. I was like, I was like, I can't believe I'm going to spend 70 bucks on this. And now like that, you can't find that shirt for under $300. So I got wow. lucky. I got lucky with some good ones. Um, $300 for a wrestling shirt. Oh my God. That's, you know, you wouldn't even know. Sean, oh, yeah, you bro. You got to go to one of these pop-ups one day that, uh, that Ted will do, or I know some cats are doing them, but you can go in there and they've got a cool setup, man. And you'll just see, if anything, it's like a museum, you know? Like, you'll go yeah. in there and see these shirts that you use. Like I told you, bro, you know how we we all had them for like twenty four ninety nine when we were nine. Same. Okay? Yep. And all of a sudden now we're like scouring eBay going like, oh my gosh, can you believe he has this? <laughs> <laughs> so, no, hey, Dave, after that night takeover I, I i i proudly got to rock my sabio vega ya tu sabe t-shirt represent you know for the yep. island of puerto rico and and I, we put it on the instagram come on sabio vega hit me with that he hit me with that. i think the prayer hand or the fist bump hand oh, oh, yeah. oh sabio <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome virgil recently started following me on instagram I and, saw and that bro my life that's is a made. legend right my there life is made i don't know why but <laughs> i'm like yeah virgil Hell yeah, yeah man. i know why that's a legend right there you know i don't know why he's following me but i'm <laughs> okay yeah, that's the part i'm confused about but yeah yeah hell yeah hell yeah to virgil shout out virgil <laughs> <laughs> man yeah, dude. Um, well, it's been fucking awesome. Awesome catching up with you. Awesome talking wrestling. Oh, yeah, this is great. Because, because you know what? I get to talk wrestling now a lot with my two best friends, but nobody wants to talk about wrestling t-shirts with me. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime, buddy. I'll be an open ear to your wrestling t-shirt dilemmas when you're like, is this worth it? Is it not? <laughs> I'm here, pal. Nah, man. I appreciate you. You guys are really killing it on here. You're, I love the pod. I love, you know, I, I just, right before I hopped on with you guys, I was listening to the video game one you guys did. And oh, just shit. awesome. And, you know, you guys keep doing your thing, man. Really keep doing your thing. It's a great listen. Thanks, Thank dude. You, we appreciate you coming on. Ethan, Hell if yeah. people want to hear more episodes like the video game episode that Josh just mentioned, where can they find us? 
They can find us on Instagram by searching for Wrestling with Friends, or you can hop over to Twitter and find us at WWF Podcast. And Dave, where can people find you if they want to make fun of you for not having as cool of a t-shirt collection as Josh does? <laughs> wow. <laughs> they can make fun of me on Instagram at Dave Cush, D-A-V-E-K-U-S-H. Uh, actually, that's D-A-V-E period K-U-S-H. And on Twitter, it's just Dave Cush, no period. And Josh, what about uh, what about you, man? You you got uh, social you wanna you wanna share? I'm on the Instagram. I don't have a Facebook. I don't have a Twitter. But on Instagram, I'm at Josh Segura. I honestly I post about my family, wrestling, and like sports. You feel me? Like just like whatever basketball happened in the bubble. That's what you're gonna get from me. So <laughs> today I have that they turned jabroni into a word in the dictionary. That's on yep. the feed. Yeah, I and, saw that. It's incredible. That's incredible, bro. The Rock bought the XFL and then got Jabroni into the dictionary. Man, that's incredible. <laughs> so the, Rock, the Rock is credited for coining SmackDown. Um, yep. So yep. does The Rock have them? I mean, there's there's no other wrestler that comes close to having two fucking dictionary words, right? That's insane. Yeah, just, just he's he's got a bucket list that like people didn't even know they could have certain things on the bucket list, like you know, like yeah. invent word. <laughs> got it. <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah. Well, whew, this has been a bucket list kind of podcast for me. How about you guys? Yeah, absolutely. This was this was a blast. Uh, so Dave, I guess the only thing left to do is humiliate us by singing the song. Oh, humiliate how? By going, yeah, we're wrestling, yeah! Wrestling with friends! Who we wrestling with? We wrestling with friends! Yeah, who we wrestling with? Wrestling with friends! Don't forget any better! Nope! Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) It gets worse every week. It does. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's Wrestling with Friends. This is Dave, Ethan, Sean, and Josh Segura. Catch us next week. Maybe we'll have another guest. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> not, if I, not if I stunner him first. Oh, that's right. Topic in the topic. Topic in the topic. Open up the This podcast is a Mobius strip nightmare and I love it.